25 minutes is good enough because you're going to be looking at me and I'm going to be looking at you. And if I go over that 20 minute time, let me somebody just kind of raise your hand and I know that's my cue to sit down. I'm grateful to God that I'm able to be here this morning from Kansas City. When Gary called me, I told him that I am more than happy to come and to preach to the family here at Sunny Slope. And I'm grateful to the Almighty God that he has given me strength to get up this morning. Now, you know, I, I'm an old-time preacher. I like to preach. I'm not for lecturing. I like to preach. I like to, I get excited when I talk about God's word. You know, uh, our subject this morning will be these changing times. These changing times, taken from 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5. I'm sure that many of you can remember that things are changing in this society that we live in today. It's not safe anymore for people to walk the streets. You can't even go to the grocery store or go shopping without someone acting the fool. That's because we're living in a different time. Men used to respect the vows of marriage. People are not paying God any attention when it comes to what God says about a man and a woman. They expect us to just look at anything and accept anything, but God has said marriage is honorable. And if a man desire a woman, let them marry. Nowhere in God's book does it talk about man and woman living together without the bonds of marriage. But in these changing times that we live, people are doing any and everything that they want to. Some people are marrying dogs and goats. It don't make no sense to me, but you do what you want to and God will be the judge. Once was a time that you could go to school. You could send your little children off to school. You were sure that your child was safe. But in these changing times that we live, there's always some fool walking around with a gun trying to show that I am somebody and destroying innocent lives. You see, that's what's happening 
in these changing times. But when I look at God's word, I can see that there is a wind of change flowing through the church. And as I read these scriptures this morning, now I want you to write these scriptures down because we're not going to read all these scriptures. You write them down because my 20 minutes, and I'm 20 minutes or 21 minutes, raise your hand, I'm gone. But when I read God's word, I'm thankful to the Apostle Paul who was instructing the young preacher there are going to be some changes. People are not going to accept the truth anymore. You must prepare yourself because folk are more interested in fables. But I stand here this morning to tell you that I'm going to stand on God's word. Because without God's word, there is no salvation. We must be aware of men who will try to deceive you with pretty fancy words. Don't let people deceive you with vain words. Now I'm going to tell you, you need to write them down, Ephesians 5, 6. There are folk even within the church who are trying to deceive you with vain words. They are not interested in what God says. And I'm so glad that the Apostle Paul in his instructions to the young preacher made him aware of what's going to happen to you in your ministry. I got to tell you, because of this, because men are not interested in God's word anymore, I must tell you that God's word is true. I must tell you that baptism saves you. Baptism saves you. People are going around saying that anything will do. Peter said, listen to the words of Peter. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, baptism now saves us. We have to understand that that's not a fable. That is the truth of God. And I must tell you the truth because God is holding me accountable for every word that I say. So I'm going to tell you the truth because God knows how to put you in chains and preserve you for the judgment. And I'm going to tell you the truth going to let you know that there is going to be some suffering to the Christian when he stands up for God's word. First Peter chapter 
1, 16, 17, and 18. It lets us know that there is going to be some suffering as a Christian. You see, when you tell the truth, when you tell the truth, people don't always like to accept the truth. I'm going to give you an incident of what happened to me when I was a small boy growing up in Texas. I used to like to reach down and get a handful of sugar. And put that sugar, boy, I love that sugar. I would eat that sugar and one day my mother caught me in the sugar. Just like a little boy, sugar all around my mouth and everything. And she asked me, have you been in the sugar? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I ain't been in the sugar. I haven't been in the sugar. But she said, what's that on your lips? I don't know. But she said, you go out there and get me one of them china berry switches. Y'all don't know what a china berry switch is, do you? I know my boy from Texas back there, no? He know what a china berry switch is. That china berry switch, when it hits you, it wraps around you. And it helps you to get your mind right to tell the truth. I'm sure that some of you know what I'm talking about. But I learned how to tell the truth. You see, somebody says, the truth will set you free. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought about that back then. And maybe I would have missed that China Berry switch. But I'm just here to let you know that we are living in a time, church, where everything is happening in God's house. I have been to some churches of Christ where I have gotten up and left because of the activity was going on. I never seen what God says have a praise dance. People up just dancing. Everybody boop the boop, boop, boop the boop. I've never seen that. I've never seen where the woman can get up and preach and teach. You see, all that is the wind of change that's coming about in God's house. We need to be aware and what Paul was doing. He was instructing the young preacher, you be aware of these things. I went to one church, they had a good band now. If I was a good singer, I could have took that band on the road and made some money. Everybody was up doing the holy dance. I haven't seen that in God's word. That's because of the wind of change. We need to understand that we need to stick with God's word. And I, I have to tell you, I have to remind you this morning that there is but one body. One body. There is no other body. One body. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. 
One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. You see, I have to remind you of that because some folk are interested in fables. Now, if you want to shout, I know how to make you shout. But you see, God is observing me. I have to tell the truth. Because one day, when God takes the breath from this vessel here, what will I tell God who told you, Scranton, to change my plan? You see, we need to understand this. We need to realize that time is getting short. We need to realize that Christ is the builder of the church. Some folks said there's anything we'll do coming from the mouth of Christians. But the Bible says, and I want you to really understand this, that Ephesians 1, 20 through 25, let us know that he is the head over all things in the church. He is the head. Christ, the church is his body. It's not but one body, one spirit, one hope. All our hope is in the Lord. But you see, in these changing times, that is not being preached anymore. We want to just come in and feel good, then get up and go home. We're not interested in obeying God's word. We are interested in self-satisfaction. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that self-satisfaction will not save you. God's plan is the only thing that will save you. He was the head of the body. He died for the church. And we are subject unto Christ because he has bought us with a price. And that price is his shedding of his blood for us. You know, some folks say that Anything will do. Some folks say that that's a fairy tale. I had a class with a man. And he told me he didn't believe no more in that than Humpty Dumpty. I started talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Had to switch the subject. People are not interested in God's word anymore. Since the pandemic, our churches are getting smaller and smaller. Young folk are saying that that's old timey. They're at the downtown Church of Christ. We have a problem with the young folk because they are more interested in what's going on 
in the world. People are not convinced anymore. We need to set a better example of the truth of what God is talking about. We need to stop dealing with fairy tales and tell folk the truth because the truth will set you free. The truth is the only thing that will set you free. We need to tell folk the truth. There is but one way. Don't be ashamed to say there is but one way to the Lord. But some of us are afraid to tell our friends there is but one way because our lives does not reflect Christ in our lives. And that's what Paul is instructing this young preacher. You're going to have some problems. You're going to have to suffer a little bit. But you do the job of an evangelist. You preach the truth. And that's all that you can do is tell folk the truth. And they have to decide for themselves. Sometimes you have to shake the dust on folk. And there in Kansas City, I go to several homes and, and try to talk to delinquent members. Some of them have just given up. Some of them had enjoyed being at home, watching TV in pajamas. They're not interested in coming back to the house of the Lord. Paul to Timothy. You're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to correct folks. And don't you know when you correct somebody, Sometimes they can't take it. They get angry. Why are you getting angry at me for telling you the truth? Because the truth cuts. If you got a wife and a side piece, and I tell you, your wife is going to heaven, but your side piece is going to hell, and if you don't drop her, you're going too. They don't want to hear that. You got to tell folk the truth. God loves you. He sacrificed himself for you. Preacher, you got the correct folk. And that's one thing about a man of God. God cannot use scary men. If you are a scary man, God can't use you. You have to be able to stand flat-footed, look somebody in the eye, and tell them the truth. You see, God can't use a scary man. Can you imagine the disciples and the apostles when they were going out preaching? They were whipped. Some were put to death. 
but they stood up for the Lord. A jellyback man will run every time. He will change his mind. He will not stand up for the truth. You need to learn how to stand up because of these changing times. The world needs to see that we are for real. We need to watch with our children watching on television. This 90-day marriage Temptation Island. All that is designed to take your mind off of Christ. Telling you to look at the fun we're having. But you know, in these changing times, some young folk are getting involved with that. We need to teach our children that's just the work of Satan. It draws you away from your goal. What is our goal? Our goal is to be with the Lord one day. In these changing times, everything is changing. As I was driving through Omaha, I seen signs up that says, Hiring. Put a wage out there, $16. Well, when I was coming up, $16 was some good money. There are jobs that are open. But in these changing times, people don't want to work. Don't you know that work builds character? Work helps you to understand that you have some responsibility. It is better to go out and earn something than to have somebody to always give you a handout. See, that's what's happening in these changing times. And some of this stuff is drifting over to the church. The elders sometimes have to sit down with folk. Because of these changing times, they haven't been good stewards of their money. Every Sunday, here they come. But you see, you can wear them Michael Jordans. Don't you know? I priced some Michael Jordans. You know how much they were costing? $4,500. Just to put on your feet. So people can say it. I got some Jordans. We need to change that. You need to be good stewards of your money. You need to learn how to give back to God. You need to let folk know that I owe God. God doesn't owe us anything. We need to learn that. We need to look at what that scripture is talking about. And that was to the church. In these changing times, you're going to have some Christians that you have to go out and try to keep them focused on God's word. Because all of us in here 
have some skeletons in our closet. We are just thankful to God for his mercy and his grace that he has washed us and cleansed us. And we have studied and we are focused and we know the truth. You see, the truth is going to save you. Just because you are a member of the church and come here every Sunday and don't participate. That's part of that change in time. Churches that used to have five and six hundred members are now down to 150 to 200 folk. Why? Because the world is drawing us away. We are more interested in what somebody says that the only thing you have to do is ask God to come into your heart and you'll be saved. Enjoy life. I heard a guy said that God wants us to enjoy life. That's true. He don't want us to worry about anything. And Matthew chapter 6 let us know that God will give you anything that you need but seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's truth. That's truth right there. That's not a fable. That's truth. Brother Timothy, don't let them despise your youth. You stand up and God will bless you. Well, somebody says, well, Scranton, what does it take? How can I know what's right? There got to be some water talked about in knowing what's right. Remember what I said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, that baptism now save us. We need to talk about some water. You see, somebody says that only thing you have to do is ask God to come into your heart. Repeat the sinner's prayer and pray and you're saved. That's a fable. That's a fable. When God gave the great commission, go into all the world, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's the truth. Believe it not, and ye shall be damned. That's the truth. Nowhere in God's word does it talk about asking God to come into your heart or repeating the sin of prayer. That's a fable. But when I look at the examples of baptism, Acts 2, 38, 41, Acts 8, 26 through 39, talking about the unity. When I look at those, it lets me know that there has to be some water 
involved in soul saving. If they don't talk about water, that's a fable. But if they talk about water, that's the truth. Then, if you have heard the word like the eunuch, and you believe the word, and just like that old eunuch who looked over, seeing some water, and told Philip, here is some water. What does hinders me from being baptized? That's the truth. They were baptized. And in that water, God washed away all your sins. You mean, I used to be a liar. Well, God has washed that away. You are a new creature. You are a new creature. Now, let me explain something to you. When a person is baptized, he cannot stop automatically doing what he's doing. That means that we Christians have to embrace him and help him study God's word so that he can become stronger in God's word. A person doesn't change what they're doing overnight, but he is in a safe condition. It takes study, the study of God's word. Then, And go on your way rejoicing, just like the eunuch. Somebody says, well, Scranton, how do you know that that's true? How do you know? Let me tell you something. God made a promise some 2,200 years ago that I will not destroy the world by water anymore. And every time it rains, and I see that rainbow in the sky, I know that God's word is true. God will keep his promise. That's the truth. That's not a fable. If you believe if you want to be saved, if you want to be with the Lord, you need to come this morning. The elders are here. Give them your hand. We'll baptize you this morning. Is the water ready? The water is ready. And you know, everything that you have done, that is Contrary to God's word, you're washing. You become as white as snow. That's the truth. That's not a fable. Do you believe that this morning? I'm going to give you an opportunity.
to come and express what's on your heart as we stand and sing the song of encouragement. 